This is the Huey Alert Podcast with Craig and Shelley Huey, bringing you the tools to transform our nation and culture, the intersection of faith and politics. And we welcome you again to another podcast. Really glad you're listening. And hey, you know what? Shelley's not here. Uh, I'm going to be doing it myself. I'm really excited about the guests because if you notice something at the market, if you notice something at the gas pump, if you notice something at the store, that the prices are rising, inflation is here. The question is, how high can it go? What is happening and why is it happening? How do you protect yourself? What do you do about buying? What do you do about investing? What do you do? We're going to cover that and who better than with Chuck Bentley of Crown Financial Services. And Chuck, welcome. Thank you, Craig. It's nice to meet you and uh, make a new friend. That's awesome. So you're author of a dozen different books. I believe that you uh, are on what? How many stations is your radio program? Yeah, we're on 1,100 stations. That's we were fantastic. started by the late Larry Burkett yes. in 1976. Right. So we've been around 45 years. That's a long time, helping a lot of people. And um, your latest has a awesome title. That title is? Economic Evidence for God. I wrote a book to express my perspective that God's principles are reality. Right. And when we apply those to our personal economy, what I call the micro economy, yes. we experience his reality and his goodness. Yes. And so do nations. And so I wrote it from a macroeconomic right. perspective as well as a microeconomic perspective. That's awesome. So if we could cover the issue in this podcast about inflation, prices rising. I call it in past podcasts and articles the most immoral tax at all. Most immoral tax that, that, that the politicians could come up with, uh, that government could impose upon the people. And, and people are seeing the prices rise. What do you say to somebody who is suffering right now from what am I going to do? How am I going to pay the bills? What should I do about investments? What do you say? Well, there's a lot to say there, Craig. I want to just agree with you on yeah. the issue of immorality. It right. is uh, uh, prohibited in Scripture to use unequal weights. And, yes. And it is true that uh, the government is imposing a tax on us that mm -hmm. allows them to pay back uh, exorbitant debt right. led by profligate spending. So uh, I'm totally there with you. I also call it a form of silent theft. Uh, it is a form of stealing from yes. those who've saved money and yes. set it aside, and it's being right. eroded. And then Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett's partner, yes. recently said it's one of the greatest threats to democracy yes. and even to civilization. Yes. Because out of control, it destroys everything in its path. Right. So it is something to not only be concerned about on a personal level, but also on a macroeconomic level. Yes. And I like you being asked, how do you deal with it? And I'm working on a number of steps to recommend to people. But the first, I think, most important step is to be sure that you have financial margin. I always say Americans have money but no margin. Right. And without margin, you have no flexibility. Mm. You have no options. Right. And so margin is created by living beneath your means, mm -hmm. meaning if we're playing limbo and, right. the, and the bar is how much expenses you have or yeah. maybe, you know, you're, you've got to be able to come under that expense level every month. Right. And the lower you go, the safer you are. Yeah. And so you have to have financial margin to create uh, opportunity to, to change something. And the only real hedge against inflation is to rotate investments into things that benefit from inflation. Right. If you can't do that, then you're going to be 
the victim of your circumstances. You know. So I'm sure listeners are going to say, I'm not sure I know what that means. But maybe before we get to that point of what they should be doing with their investments, what they should be doing about their savings, what they should be doing if they're on a fixed income, let's talk about what is causing the inflation. What What is the cause of this? At first, when prices started rising, they all said, this is just for transitory. transitory. This is (laughs) just a short period of time. Don't worry about it. It's always, don't worry about it. And a few people are now saying, hey, you can live with it. Tell me what the cause is. I mean, very smart people like Dr. Michael Burry, who's famous for the big short. He's sounding the alarm and saying, look, we could be headed to the Weimar Republic. We're riding the back of a tiger, and there's no good exit when you're on the back of a tiger. It's an exciting ride until you try to get off. (laughs) And I don't know how we're going to get off. Uh, They're going to try to create monetary and fiscal policy. But here's how we got here. We had a perfect storm. We had a pandemic which interrupted the supply chain, right. which means goods are limited right now, yes. almost artificially yeah. limited because of supply chain. And in the midst of that, the government started printing money, yes. ex- exorbitant amounts yes. of money, uh, unprecedented yes. amounts of money. So you had increasing money supply right. and, and an interruption with goods. And so money, there's more money than products. Right. And that's inflation. Yes. It means that the value of your currency is eroding. Right. We're basically creating pesos instead of yeah, dollars. Yeah, yeah, And I think people feel that. They feel mm-hmm. it if they go to the pump right now. Right. It's very painful for yes. people who are on fixed income. Yes. They have very few options. I yes. mean, you have to either increase your income to yes. offset the losses or right. decrease your spending. Yes. That's just the simple math of yeah. that. But the, the best defense uh-huh. is to rotate into assets that are going to benefit from it. So right. as, as you're losing money in value on right. one side that's in storage, right. you're gaining and having an increase on the things right. that you've put in a position to benefit from this situation. So we see people today doing something that is a little bit of what I saw back in the 70s when, when I was young. And back then, I saw people going out and buying things more quickly. Yeah, well, that, of course. That's 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 a number one defense right now. Right. If commodities are all going up, meaning yeah. groceries, yeah. gasoline, buy them quicker than you were before. Oh my gosh, you know, Chuck, uh, I, I just noticed myself, I, I usually wait till my gas is about a quarter of a tank or a yes. little bit less. Yes. I've been going into the gas station all the time, filling it up. Yeah, I'm saying fill up at half a tank. That's one of my number yeah, one yeah. rules. Because you'd rather get half a tank at $4 and a full tank right, at $5. Right. And if you wait, then you're then you're losing yeah. money. I've got friends that uh, live through hyperinflation in Zimbabwe. Yes. Yeah. They're alive today, and they yes. gave me all of the things you have to do yeah. because the economy turns upside down. Wow. With your dollar or your currency eroding in value, get rid of it quickly. So you're recommending about gas, half a tank, fill it up. Sure. As long as we have this type of condition where the next day the prices could be higher. What about food? What about if you have to get a refrigerator? What about other things? Craig, you're on it, and I look forward to your list as well. Uh My wife and I have been researching this. And having a month's supply of food on yes. hand right now is a good idea. Right. Not for hunker in the bunker or for survival or right. nuclear fallout, which, Lord willing, we won't have that. Right. But just because prices are going up, yeah. it's going to be cheaper to buy a month's supply today right. Right. than a month from now. Right. And so those are just practical ways yeah. to make your money go further. Yes. 
Yeah. Would you say that uh, companies like Sam's Club and these type of discount stores are going to prosper during this time? <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, it's a good time to own their stock. That's what it? I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, good time to own their <laughs> stock. I had a friend that bought Costco right before the pandemic, right. and it's been a good ride for yeah, them. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, they've done very well. I bet. Inflate personal inflation strategies, if you're able, to be able to make the purchase now instead of later. Yeah. So that that would be one thing. Yeah. Um, and what about those who are retired on Social Security, on a pension? What should they be doing? Well, it depends on their overall picture. As you know, Craig, I can't give advice to people I don't right. completely understand right, right. where they are. But home ownership is super important yes. right now. And even if it's if it's a tough time in your market to get a home, it's probably still a very good idea because that's an asset that's rising incredibly high. As you know, you probably got uh, moved in the last two years and you've had great price appreciation in two years. Phenomenal. Yes. And that's a hedge against inflation. Right. I know people who are on fixed income who are trying to buy rental properties. The price of rent is going up dramatically. Right. And so putting the capital you have available into something that's going to benefit, something you know about as well. Don't go buy cryptocurrencies if you don't know what you're doing. So you're not a fan of crypto? Not really. I I mean, I'd say very limited. Uh, I I tell people if you feel like you need to do it, 5 or 10% of your portfolio at the most. Now, I've increased my investments in gold and silver. Yeah. Yeah, that's that a great smart? idea. That's okay. a great idea. And finally, we're seeing a decoupling between crypto assets and gold. Right. We're seeing crypto fall, yeah. get soft, and gold finally start to improve. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm of the old school like you on that, Craig. I think that's a good idea. I think having uh, buying into uh, blue chip stocks with companies that are multinational that yes. also have commodity activity, mm-hmm. commodity-based activity uh-huh. is a really good strategy. Right. You've got both liquidity yeah. and you've got a hedge against inflation. Right. And most retirees can do that. Yeah. They can get professional advice uh-huh. on how to put enough of their portfolio right. into those assets that are going to grow. Now, whether people have a lot of assets or very few assets, they may have it parked in the savings account. Yeah. What do you suggest? Well, I think it's a good time to have... Uh, a smaller amount in savings yeah. uh, than, than I would normally recommend. Meaning right. try to put all the dollars you can to work right. without losing your margin. Mm-hmm. So you need a, enough mar- in emergency savings that you, you don't have to be penalized to take it out of a 401k or an IRA, you know, if you aren't fully vested yet in your retirement plan. So keep enough on hand for good cash flow and liquidity, but put it to work. Put it to work as best you can, even if you have to ladder a CD. That's mm-hmm. a very simple way to try to get a better return. And if it's such a strange time, Craig, because normally in a high inflation time, your interest rates are going to soar, too. Right, right. You and I saw that in the 80s. Yeah. I was getting 18% on a certificate of deposit. People you know, can't even believe that figure. Yeah, but yeah. it was an offset yes. against inflation. It's not really available anymore. That's right. And that's why it's got to go to work in some sort of investment that the experts are saying will give you the same similar rise to the cost of living. So you, we've mentioned housing. We mentioned um, gold, gold and silver. Yeah, oil. <laughs> Did we mention oil? That? Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oil. What about um, treasury? You know, uh, I think every portfolio needs to follow Solomon's advice, and okay. that's Ecclesiastes eleven two. Okay. He said. Uh, 
because we don't know what tomorrow will bring, yes. what disaster may befall yes. us. He said invest 12 to 15 percent mm -hmm. in different categories. He right. was the proponent of diversification, mm. 12 to 15 percent. And so I think that's a, a, a philosophy that stood the test of time. Yes. Uh, these young people who get all sold out on one thing, you yes. know, they want to get one hot stock or they want right. to get one crypto. Uh, I think they're going to find themselves in a deep pain if they're not diversified. Wow. And that's Solomon's wisdom yes. is to don't put everything in one place and right. think that's going to be enough. Right. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. We do not. So in some economists say we're going to be having a recession. Some are saying depression. Yeah. Some are bringing out an old term that I think is that, that, that we can relate to today and the idea of stagflation, yeah. where there's not economic growth, there's not, but there is increasing price, prices. Um, what's your sense of the direction of the economy? Yeah, my sense is we're going to emulate what's happened in Japan. Okay. Uh, the Japanese model is more of a yes. stagflation model. Right. And uh, they've had uh, uh, ever-increasing debt. They have the highest debt-to-GDP ratio in the world. It looks like they should have collapsed already. Yes. They haven't, primarily due to the high personal savings rate in their mm -hmm. country. People have had disposable income. They've had financial margin. Wow. Uh, that's protected them yes. to get through this. Uh, and also, uh, I believe our country is practicing what's called modern monetary theory. Yes. And I'm not a proponent of right. MMI, but I think we're practicing it without right. ever having voted upon yes. it. And I think MMI is ultimately going to be the downfall of our economy. Explain to our listeners what that is. MMI means, some people call it the magic money theory. Yes. It means debts don't matter. Or fantasy economics. That our, that our government can function exactly like the bank in Monopoly. Right. That they can just dish out all the money they yeah, want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they can pay all of our bills. Right. In, uh, just spend with, it. Just, well, printing it. Yep, just they print can, it. They could create debt yeah. and pay off the debt and the interest on the debt by just printing. Right. And there's people that actually have published papers that support this thesis. Right, right. And it's a highly socialistic philosophy, yes. and it's a highly destructive philosophy yes. because all currencies have to be backed by one thing, mm -hmm. Craig, and that is confidence. Right. And once confidence is broken, the yes. currency, no matter what it is, has no value. Yes. And you can ruin the confidence in any currency in the world, mm -hmm. and history has proven that, by eroding its value to nothing. Yes. And Charlie Munger said his 100-year plan is the American dollar will be worthless wow. in 100 years wow. because of this practice of modern monetary theory. Such a nightmare to be able to think like that, but you have to prepare for these type of things. And with this type of action of government overspending, the Federal Reserve increasing the money supply dramatically, You've got the deficit. You've got national debt growing. You, you've got, with the national deficit, national debt, with potential, some terrible economic catastrophe happening, with the potential wars, with, uh, you know, what's going on with Russia and Ukraine and with maybe China against Taiwan. We're in very dangerous times, and it affects our finances and our economy and our future. In times like this, what do you recommend that the politicians do? What should the government be doing? Uh, yeah. We have an election coming up where people are about ready to vote. What should, the, what, what, what should be the type of position candidates should be taking that you would say 
would be good. Yeah, thank you, Craig. They haven't asked me, and I wish yes. they would. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I study those things, yeah. and I sometimes get asked in foreign countries right. what a good approach might be, and yeah. I've studied that. Yeah. I think what we have to do is elect people who understand the concept of stewardship. Yes. And stewardship means that they have a responsibility, moral, physical responsibility, mm. to manage resources well yes. on behalf of other people. Right. And in this case, it's on behalf of the taxpayer. Yes. And we we see people who get elected and completely lose touch with their base. Yes. And they vote things that are hurtful right. to their base. Right. Hurtful to the future of this country. Yeah. And so I want to know, what does that person understand about being a steward? Do they see themselves as a steward? Mm -hmm. Do they understand the moral responsibility they've been given right. to manage well for future generations? Yes. And if they don't, yeah. I wouldn't t take a minute to vote yeah. for them because that's what's wrong. Right. At the very essence of what's wrong is that people are not thinking about the welfare of future generations yes. in this country. And if they did, they would rein in the profligate spending. Right. They would pay down debt. They yes. would become, as the Lord told the Israelites in Deuteronomy, they would become a creditor nation, not a lender nation. Awesome. Yes. A borrowing nation. Yes. And we would be the head and not the tail. Yes. But in the last 40 years, we've gone from the head to yeah. the strongest right. country in the history of mankind to one of the most indebted. Yeah. And it can't continue right. indefinitely. No. There's no good ending to that story. Yeah. And yet we're seeing people elected that don't feel that responsibility. Right. And I want people to feel the weight and the burden of that right. for future generations. That's who I would vote Chuck, for. Chuck, that, that, that's awesome. Because we're, we're, we're encouraging people to vote based upon a biblical worldview. And what you just described fits into that. Sure. And what you're saying is... You want candidates that want to have fiscal responsibility, who want to make sure that we're not spending money we don't have, that are looking at what's going on economically today and want to try to control the overspending. Uh, and and I, I think that's awesome. So one of the um, last things I want to ask you has to do with your book. I love the title of your book. Tell me why you chose that title what the content of that book is. Uh, I'm so curious about that. I've got to be able to read it. You know, Craig, I'll be happy to send you a copy, and I hope that uh, it's a book that resonates with you. Uh, I've been a Christian a long time, since right. I was a little boy, but yeah. I wandered into business and got captivated by the world system. Yes. Uh, I did my daily devotional in the Wall Street Journal, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. <laughs> and yes. I really got caught up in that. Yeah. And not until I studied the Bible, my wife encouraged me to go to a class and see what the Bible said about money, yeah. that I have a change. I had an awakening. I had a transformation. And I realized that I was keeping score by volume and, and right. trying to measure my uh, success by amount. Yeah. And that's not the way the Lord measures yeah. success with money. And I was upside down. So I repented yes. of my idolatry yes. and my love of money and its control yeah. over my life. And I asked the Lord to allow me to learn what he teaches on money right. so I could teach others. And so I had the benefit of growing closer to God through economics. Wow. Uh, applying his principles. That's awesome. Made me love him. Yeah. yeah. Because I sensed his reality, yes. his faithfulness. Right. I put his principles to the test yes. and found him to be faithful. 
Awesome. And then I realized that nations that do that yes. also experience his blessing. Not the prosperity gospel, yes. but right, the right. faithfulness to follow the simple economic plan of God. It, yes. We work, he provides. When we work, then we have surplus that we can give. After that, we save. We're prepared for the future. Then we wisely spend and have a lifestyle that we can support without stress and debt. And then we invest and we create more jobs. Right. That's a personal economic cycle. Yeah. And when that cycle is spinning based upon a moral uh, economic actor, yes. then that personal economy is healthy and so is a national economy. Right. And anytime we violate God's principles personally or nationally, we're going to suffer. Yes. And it's so obvious to me now that I wanted to write a book where other people could see it. Yes. Because every day you make a decision that draws you closer to the Lord yes. or further away. Yes. And if we follow his principles, you get close to him. Mm. And that's what I hope people will experience themselves. That is awesome. Chuck, that is powerful. So I can't wait to read it. I encourage every listener to get this book and read it. And um, I guess I guess there'd be two things. One is to buy it. The second thing is, once you bought the book from, let's say, Amazon, you read it to do a review. Yeah, I, I love it uh, that people can get it instantly. Yes, they don't have to wait. They can get right. the book, and they can tell me what they think about it. I read the reviews personally right, right. to see if I can get better when I in communicating and writing. But also, it allows that platform to be highly scalable so it helps get the word out people's opinions matter yes it's like parking in front of a restaurant if people see a lot of cars out in front of the restaurant they may stop (laughs) and eat there that's right uh and so good reviews help sell books and help spread the word and we need this word out in the christian community exactly we need them to think differently about finances and about the future of this country so thank you for that opportunity and thank you for recommending that your listeners pick it up Absolutely. I'm going to read it. My wife's going to read it, and uh, we encourage our listeners to read it. Chuck, you've been great, very timely. We will have you back. And uh, everyone, thanks so much for your time. Show you'll be back with me next time. Until then, God bless you all. Thanks for joining us this week. We are listener-supported, so please consider partnering with us by donating at craighuey.com or by signing up for our free newsletter. We look forward to being with you next week. And don't forget to share this podcast with others.